Welcome to the Fifth Estate. They bring you the story. We bring you the truth. The Fifth Estate is the news behind the headlines, holding those in power in check. And now, with the real story, here's Cameron Blewett. Good. Oh, here we go. Good evening, Victoria. Oh, didn't turn the volume up on the mic. But anyway, here we are. Um... Anyway, uh, where was I? Uh, good evening, Victoria. Uh, what are we on? Episode 80? 81? Uh, I think 80. Anyway, whatever episode it is of the Fifth Estate Podcast, thank you for joining me here. I'm going to kick this one off with possibly a um, election statement or one of uh, Supreme Leader Andrew's uh, election decisions that probably hasn't gone the way that he expected and that is uh, news came out today that the Andrews regime has stumped up 15 million dollars to sponsor uh, Netball Australia with uh, due to Gina Reinhart's uh, withdrawal of 15 million dollars of funding. Um, should we be doing it? No. Uh, the sport should be able to manage itself, it should be able to fund itself, uh, the taxpayer shouldn't be uh, sticking their hands or he shouldn't be sticking his hand in our pockets to pull out more money and it's a thing for a state that's uh, going to be billions of dollars in the red uh, what do they reckon that uh, it'd be 3.9 billion dollars this year and could reach uh, 7.3 billion dollars in 2526 uh, so yeah, over the next four years, the $22 billion interest bill equates to $9,000 for every one of Victoria's $2.5 million, million households. Um, holy smoke. Uh, we're that far in debt and yet he's handing over $15 million to sponsor netball. Uh, no, I don't care how much uh, advertising crap that we get back in the end of it. Uh, we shouldn't be doing this. And making it even more interesting is there was a thing in the Herald Sun today is uh, St John Ambulance calls, uh, St John Ambulance Victoria calls on government for life-saving funding. Uh, they are saying that they want, ah, uh, there you go, uh, 450K to put uh, 28 defibrillators in a suburb. Uh, so... What they've done is they've worked out, uh, where is it? Last week's engine ambulance installed five more life-saving defibrillators in reservoir, so there are now a total of 23 publicly accessible 24-7 defibrillators, which is over 80% of our goal. Um, so what they want to do is obviously have defibrillators. Uh, and key facts on this one is more than 80% of sudden cardiac arrests happen at home. Only 1% of people that have sudden cardiac arrests received bystander defibrillation. Only two in five Australians know how to use a defibrillator, which is why awareness is so important. Top Melbourne suburbs for sudden cardiac arrest. Number one is Dandenong. Number two is Werribee and Point Cook. Number three, Frankston. Number four, Cranbourne. Number five, Reservoir. Six, St Albans, Kialba and Kings Park. Seven, Sunshine, Albion and Glengala. Eight, Tarnit, Hoppers Crossing and Traganina. Number nine is Noble Park. Now, 
here's the thing. I mean, we were told we were locked down for the last two years and we had to go through these therapeutic trials. We had to wear face diapers. We had to do uh, keep one and a half metres away from everyone. We couldn't go f- more than 5Ks from home. We were locked in our house for 23 hours a day. Kids couldn't play, play in their playground. Kids were kept home from school, etc., etc. This was to keep people safe and to save lives. Yet for some reason the Andrews regime isn't funding defibrillators for the suburbs, which we know will save lives. Yet instead he wants to spend that money on netball. Um, so where's the logic? Uh, I don't think Andrew's regime would ever fund anything that helps uh, give people a sense of belonging or a sense of community, which is what these defibrillators do because it is the community taking responsibility for their for the safety of their community. Uh, instead, he's going to do things that will further erode the community. And as I mentioned before, a perfect example of that is uh, removing planning uh, restrictions on, um, you know, single-person brothels, uh, work-from-home brothels, etc., etc. Uh, they can be literally anywhere now. Uh, and yet for some reason, he's, anyway, I'm not going to go, actually, no, I will. For some reason that, you know, you can't have a barrier of that close next to a school or a church, yet there's a 100-metre um, exclusion zone around abortion centres, which I've mentioned that yesterday as well. Um, but this just goes to show you uh, where the uh, loyalties and where the focus of the Andrews regime lie. And as I've said repeatedly, it is to break up the family unit. It is to break up the family. It is to destroy children's lives. It's to destroy the community so that the state is the only one that people will look to for help. They won't look to their own community. They won't look to the church. They won't look to any other uh, community groups. They will just look to the government for a handout. And that is what these people want because that way then they have control. You're alone on handouts. You will do whatever the government tells you to do because you want to keep the money or you want to keep the services that you are getting from the government. Uh, so, yes, I think we do need... Uh, no, actually, I know we need to wake up and we need to understand that the government is not here to help us. Uh, Now, speaking of helping the government, um, the Herald Sun, once again, showing that um, they aren't a conservative uh, newspaper, that they're uh, what you possibly say maybe centre-left, but they're very left-leaning because here's Shannon Deary, uh, an article measuring the impact of the Andrews government He goes on to list all the good things that have happened under the Andrews regime. Uh, Under Andrews, public drunkenness has been decriminalised. We've seen the introduction of spent convictions case and a ban on change or suppression conversion practices. Now, what he hasn't mentioned in that one is that the legislation also says that you have to affirm whatever happens. So if you deny whatever the person who is going through a change, you cannot. Uh, you will be guilty of a criminal offence. So that's, yeah, that's something that's missed there. He's also missed uh, the safe school stuff. Um, but he goes on to list a whole lot of things. Oh, there have been reform on issues including voluntary assisted dying, safe access zones for women's health services. It's not safe access zones for women's health services. It's safe access zones for abortion. 
let's let's stop beating around the bush. Um, childhood vaccination and medicinal cannabis, blah 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 blah. Uh, and then he decides to talk about the negative sides, which is not that good. Um, the number of people leaving Victoria to suggest pride for the big V is not what it once was. This was the only state or territory to record a decrease in population in 2021. Um, I think this is just a puff piece for the Andrews regime or they've got the inkling that or they know that the Andrews regime is going to be voted back in uh, so they're doing their bit now to keep those conduits of information up and those, uh, open and those leaks, etc., etc. that, uh, you know, these organisations really like. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's corruption. Corruption's everywhere. Um, now, on that note, I'm not saying that they're corrupt or anything like that, uh, Coles has written to suppliers asking them to cut costs in the face of rising inflation. Now, Coles Supermarket is one of the duopoly, has written to, uh, is probably urging suppliers to cut costs rather than request price rises as it deals with the surging demands to raise the product, price of products on shelves. Um, you know, this article goes on to say that, oh, Coles is doing their bit to cut costs. Well, they're doing their bit to cut costs by getting rid of staff. Uh, how many times have you uh, been to Coles and seen two people on the registers, which forces people to either queue up or to go through the assisted checkouts? And that's how they cut costs. They have less people on the floor. They have uh, less people uh, tidying up the shelves. They have less people stocking the shelves. All that sort of stuff which goes to help them uh, reduce their bottom line and get they're turning around to the supplier who is uh, already probably feeling a, a quite hefty, uh, you know, kick to their uh, ability to uh, supply those uh, products to those chains at a profitable profitable price. Uh, they're turning around saying then to them, hey, you've got to find ways to cut costs. You've got to find ways to, to make savings. Like, how can you? Um, you know, it's all right for coal. So let's say you've got widgets there in coals, and you, you know, you because of uh, the the increase in petrol, the increase in um, labour cost, which you're going to have to pay staff more because there's so few staff out there to attract the right staff. You've got to pay them more, and then there's also the additional cost in in the raw goods and whatever else there is going on. So you might have to put your widgets up. You know, two dollars a widget. Um, for that one. So let's say they cost $6 a widget and you've got to put them up by two, so it goes up to eight. They're going to look at, oh, no, it's a 30% increase. We can't handle that. And yet they will turn around and put their prices up because they have hundreds of prices. They can bump a couple of things up by one or two cents and people won't notice it. So then they turn around and, you know, cover the costs that way. Uh, What this... Uh, I see, I believe that this um, cost saving is going to do is they're going to keep the products the same price, though decrease the size of it. So you'll be looking at, uh, you know, instead of uh, a widget that weighs 400 grams, you might be looking at a widget that weighs 350 grams or depending on, on how bad the costs are, you know, it may even be 300 grams. And, you know, this is what uh, we all need to be wary of Um you know, and and that's a sign of, of inflation because obviously your 
uh, your dollars aren't buying the same amount of goods as it was previously. And, you know, there's these, these big chains are doing the same thing. They're doing it. They're making sure that they're getting their bottom line covered and you won't be seeing them take a hit to their profits. They will be bumping prices up to make sure that they have the same profit margin on things uh, for that. So once again, as I've said before, time to get away from the duopoly. Um, you know, I'd love to see, uh, you know, a government turn around and say, hey, you know what, we're going to create a, um, for want of a better term, a state government supermarket that will be uh, franchised out to those who want to buy a franchise. Uh, there will be a centralised buying power, uh, you know, distribution, so you'll be able to buy products at a, a discounted rate, obviously because they're in bulk. Similar to what Metcash does, though uh, Metcash doesn't have the buying power that Coles and Woolworths do, though it's the thing is that, uh, yes, a, a, we, we need a, another player in there and we need a player that does have the ability to get good prices from, um, you know, particular, I wouldn't say particular supplies, but does have the buying power to be able to sell goods at a competitive price. It, you know, um, you know, that's never going to happen because uh, the uni party loves their duopolies and their monopolies on things, so they're going to be doing what they can to ensure that they stay. Um, talking about things that are going to stay, uh, Supreme Leader Andrews has changed the name over the weekend of uh, Melbourne Airport Link to be part of SRL Airport. So Suburban Rail Loop Airport. Uh, I wonder, at what point in time do people just wake up and, and just stop and think and say, hey, man, we're fed up with your bullshit. Uh, you know, we don't want any more. Uh, I have a feeling it's not going to be November this year and it does cause me great pain to say that. Oh, I might have to put some music tracks in here so I can have a drink of water. Um, just did that then, so that's why it was a little bit quiet. Uh, but, yeah, it's, I don't know, there's just so much going on that um, the, the the corrupt corporate press isn't, um, you know, holding the uh, rate, the, any, the uni party uh, isn't holding them to account um so yeah it's i don't know it's just something that um yeah wish more people would look at and just turn around and say hey no that's not it uh but anyway um people will believe the spin uh it's just, and it's just going to be you know oh, do we take that side of the uni party or do we take that side of the uni party uh, who knows? I mean, I, I don't want to be a bit of a downer, but it, it's starting to uh, get me down to a certain point uh, how incompetent the opposition is in Victoria. Uh, the, you know, it, it's been like that. Uh, you know, I'm, I've only been down here again since 2019, but, you know, it's something that, uh, happened in Queensland a lot where the Liberal National opposition was ineffective to the 
uh, elected dictator at the time, whether it was Peter Beattie, um, Anna Bly, uh, or even uh, the, the current one, Anastasia Palaszczuk. Um, the you know, the opposition has been ineffective in uh, pushing or even changing the narrative or even getting the narrative questioned or, or spoken about. Uh, it just seems to be whatever the elect, elected dictator wants, it happens and the, the corrupt corporate press in Queensland will just go along with it. Um, you know, case in point was the uh, inquiry into the floods after 2011 uh, you know, the the corporate press just went along with the, the board of inquiry. Oh, you know what? It's like a royal commission. It's going to have royal commission-like powers, except it wasn't a royal commission. It was a board of inquiry. And then uh, it took some digging by a journalist from The Australian to, uh, you know, find out the reason for it, um, similar to what happened with the board of inquiry down here into hotel quarantine. Uh, if it hadn't been for Peter Credlin going out and saying, hey, listen, you know, why didn't you, uh, under your terms of reference and, and your your ability, why didn't you ask for their phone records? Why didn't you ask these questions? Um, so, yeah, it, it's the thing. You know, I've mentioned it in a previous episode. I don't hold uh, much faith or much stock in uh, the uh, legal or judicial fraternity being able to hold the regime to account. Uh, so, I mean, you know, what do we do? Do we stay? Do we go? Do we stay and fight? Do we just turn around and say, well, you know, it is what it is and then just put up with the shit for another four years and hope that, you know, between now and uh, 26 when the next election is, is that he doesn't screw the state too much and that there's a way out? Um, or do we just turn around and say, well, no, that's it, time to back up and go? Now, there have been uh, people that have been contacting me saying that their time is up, they're going to pack up and go. Um, I flitter between it's time to go or let's stay and fight. Oh, it's time to go, let's stay and fight. But if you go, where do you go to? Uh, I think uh, most of Australia is going to be in the same boat. Um, you know, come a couple of years' time with the Albanese uh, government in power, uh, that they're just going to be doing what they can to push the agenda of the World Economic Forum uh, and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it is it is interesting. Um, it is enough to get you down, though it's the thing. I mean, I don't know. Um, we'll have to wait and see what happens over the next couple of years, whether it's worthwhile staying or whether it's just time to go. Um, so, yes. Anyway, uh, moving on to other things. What was I going to talk about? Um, I think that's about it. Um, not going to rant too much about stuff. I just, I don't know. Um, hmm, it is, it is, it's, it, having a podcast like this, um, you know, it, it gets to the point of, you know, do you want to be, a doom and gloomer all the time by pointing out the the bullshit and the lies and and oh sorry misinformation um, in what the corrupt corporate press comes out with, or you know am I just here to to preach the converted? So then they say, yep, you know what, you're right, I agree with that. Um, case in point, 
there's a big thing in the papers talking about a republic consultation tour that's going to be happening next year about should Australia become a republic. Well, I think the better question to ask is can Australia become a republic? And you will find that the answer is no because the preamble of the constitution clearly says that uh, the people of New South Wales, blah, 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 unite in one indissoluble uh, commonwealth under the crown uh, for that one. So no matter how much the pirate and the assistant minister for the republic get up and say, oh, we need to become a republic, we can't uh, unless we go back to the United Kingdom and get them to change their act. Um, The... Uh, Commonwealth of Australia Act or whatever it was out there and, oh, that just all gets messy. Um, but, yeah, so where was I going with that one? I was rambling a bit there. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's what do you do. Um, you know, I know that a lot of people that are listening to this, uh, it is preaching to the converted there and I do thank you for listening. Um, do thank you for the comments and, and uh, emails and all that sort of stuff that I get to. I do appreciate it. Uh, but, you know, it's the thing. What is there? You know, what what do you do? Uh, and at what point is it just enough to say, well, you know what, I've been talking about this for whatever it is or people have been telling you this stuff for the last four years. If you haven't woken up now, you're not going to wake up and therefore whatever happens is entirely on you um, or do you just keep going trying to wake people up? Um, but, yeah, it's... It, it's one of those weird questions um, that yeah does need to be pondered a bit more. Um, mm, so anyway, we'll just have to wait and see. So um, I think I might end this one here, folks. Um, we'll see how we go tomorrow. I do have a couple of pre-recorded ones that I'm going to release after uh, over the next couple of days. So um, yeah. That one will be that. Uh, that'll be one tomorrow. There'll be should be another one Wednesday, and then uh, even maybe on Thursday. Uh, so we'll see how we go with that. Um, but anyway, folks, um, thank you for listening, and I look forward to having you join me on the next one. So until then, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fifth Estate, the news behind the headlines. Until the next episode of the Fifth Estate releases. We'd love for you to leave a review wherever you go to for quality podcasts. And we'll keep holding those in power in check.